Hello everyone, this is Nathan from Not Game All Personal. If you are watching this, listening to this, here's the deal. This is the first time we ever did a live recording in person together. And with that, a lot of mistakes were made, a lot of lessons learned. We had quite a few technical difficulties. You will notice cameras running out of batteries, going in and out of focus, a lot of audio issues that we tried to clean up in post. We did the best we could, okay? I think there's still something here to work with. Not our best product. We had about an hour and 10 minutes recorded that we had to cut down to just over 40 minutes if that gives you an idea of how much was unusable. However, I still think it's worth listening and watching. And don't worry, next week we will be back online where we feel safe, comfortable, and know how to properly record. Thank you for your patience. Here we go. Good evening, I'm Julie Chen. I want to welcome you guys all to my big brother funeral. I can't find an individual to hate, because I hate you all. Welcome to Not Game, all personal. Hey, we are a big brother podcast here to talk about all things big brother, more specifically, the events of this past week. I'm Nathan. This is Tony, for the first time ever live. Yeah, first time for anything we've actually released. That's true. We do have somewhere that... Celebrity Big Brother 1. Yeah, I want to say it was 2. Yeah. And I I think I did try to find that, like, a year or two ago, and I don't know where it is. I think I have it. You do? I have it. Like, like it was on your computer? Oh, that would explain why I couldn't find it. Because yeah. I was going through a computer I would have had at the time that I still have, but that was, sounded weird. I don't use that computer anymore, but I still own it, so, like, I had it open, and I was like, I wonder if I could find these old episodes, and I couldn't. So somewhere out there was our practice recording for this podcast that we intentionally didn't release because we were still working out the kinks, I guess. Uh, it's really weird. It is weird. It feels so foreign. Do I look at the camera? Do I look? Do I just look down? I don't know. Uh, and for those that are not watching the video and just listening to the audio, uh, you'll have to watch the video, I guess. Yeah. See how weird this is being in the same room recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're actually friends or something. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about uh, Big Brother. We just got done watching the live eviction where we saw Riley go home. Unanimous vote, second week in a row uh, for this season. Unanimous votes. Uh, it was also weird watching the episode together and trying to hold up back our takes. <laughs> yeah, there were so many things that I wanted to say, and a couple I just ended. We feel like we can't talk about it at all because mm-hmm. we save it for it's a weird thing and it's like huh i think i appreciate that we don't watch it together sometimes you know just like to get all our takes out in one setting and not have to <laughs> dance <laughs> yeah, around honestly. it but riley's gone i'll start there are you surprised happy that she's out of here i mean not happy i definitely wanted her to stay i wanted camera but the entire week, it was there was some genuine like flip flopping and going back and forth on what the vote was going to be, which you don't see as genuinely as I think we. But going into tonight, I think everyone kind of knew. Yeah, and it's kind of that thing that I've mentioned uh, in previous years now doing this podcast, where I think part of watching the live feeds that's like the give and take and the pros and cons of it is because you do get to see all that, but then when it gets to eviction day. You know the results and so watching the episode 
is rarely exciting anymore because you know what's going to happen. It's just a question of will there be one or two votes the other way. But we'll always have that one episode where Julie was we don't know what's going on in there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, was that Big Brother 21? I think. It was. That when that big fight broke up. Broke it was everyone. going between Sam Cat, I want to say, yeah. and Sam almost stayed in. And that was truly moments before the live eviction they were scrambling. And it even felt like up until the actual vote, like on live TV. So that was exciting. Yeah. That's the one time it happened. But pressure cooker? I feel like that's that's exciting enough. And I don't want to get hopes too high, mm-hmm. but that's exciting enough to bring up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That is probably the competition, like in Big Brother fandom, that I think people would want back. Like if there was like a national vote, like which competition throughout Big Brother history do you want back? I think people would probably vote for that one. Not Ote. What? No, <laughs> not Oteb. Not Oteb. Not Oteb. Good point. Well, because I, I think, think that's, that's part of it is the fact that it's only happened once. And the one time is one of the more iconic HOH reign, reigns, uh, the the deal that was made, the backstab, the fact that, you know, Kaser, who is now uh, a fan favorite, like, when at, like, there's so much around it that I think hypes it up that I am wondering, like, will it repeat or is it going to just now be like, oh, maybe it, maybe there were other reasons we liked it rather than the competition itself. Yeah, we... I'm trying to be careful. Like, I'm excited, but I'm trying to be careful to lower expectations. Also, the scary verse twist to it. Honestly, if there's... Scary verse could work. That was my first thought when I heard about it. I was like, what way are they going to prevent it from going 14 hours? Because I do not see Big Brother in this era allowing that to happen. Like, there's going to be some sort of twist to it. All right, we're, uh, we're back now. First time recording live and the camera <laughs> dies out on us. <laughs> you didn't put fresh batteries in. We're well, learning. And if you're listening to this on audio, again, apologies because all the action is happening on video right now. <laughs> not great. Okay, so we were talking about pressure cooker. I said my lukewarm take is that it's not going to be 14 hours one way or the other. I don't think it's a hot take at all. Uh, it's a really boring take, and I feel like that's just obvious at this point. Agreed? Yeah, yeah. And it feels a lot early. I don't know if that affects all but because riley's out and riley was she assembled eight people and did not include tyson all right do you buy that do you think Riley had anything i mean i I do in the sense that like she was the hoh and she did like i mean if there was like a top three of assembling that group she'd be in it but yeah Yeah. i mean i think it's just an easy target you know and i don't necessarily like blame him initially when it comes down to like i need a target hey let me go for last week's hoh who has an alliance that everyone knows about like it makes sense but the way that he went about it and the way he kept just hammering home his point over and over i think that's where it crossed a lot of lines for not just the viewers but a lot of people in the house too so i think like that's where you made the mistake like just nominate her say why and then just like let it be the rest of the week you don't have to be this hard week two yeah we've talked about before H-O-H-itis. I think that's my... A lot of H-O-H-itis. Especially for week two. And, I mean, like, we saw... it. I, I think, like, this episode specifically really emphasized that because we saw the whole meeting with him and his alliance, the professors, and how, you know, obviously it was edited in a way to, like, emphasize him over-speaking 
uh, and like speaking over other people, but it was like very uncomfortable. And he's like not really letting people have input and pretty much saying like, okay, this is our target next week. Like, hey guys, I can't win them all. You're gonna have to win, you know. As if like the only reason he's not gonna win is if he purposely lets them win, which is a little condescending. I, I get, get they're old, you know. I get like, you know, Miss Felicia probably only has so much left in her when it comes to some of those physical yeah, comps, but, but yeah. like, I don't know. It, it he's a lot, definitely hoh itis. Like everything that he said, he just said it better. It wouldn't have. If he was like, hey, I think we got to go after Blue. What do you guys think? Of Just presented it as a question. Didn't interrupt when somebody did. Yeah, being like, I can't win them all. Like, I need. I don't think you say that at all. I don't think that's. I don't want an entire alliance. No, because you're letting six other people know that you're a threat. Like, it, once you say that out loud, that gives them some ammunition. It's like you said a couple minutes ago where... You know, a lot of times you want to take this little lie or this little ounce of truth and exaggerate it. So it is like, is that true? I don't know, but if it's based on something like, so the fact that he said that out loud, that can now be used against him. Or if they weren't thinking about it, now they are because he's drawing attention to the fact that he's won the past three competitions, which we do have to talk about. That's kind of crazy. That is pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, we've seen him before. We've seen him go on runs like, like, I feel like he can. Like, it just doesn't feel like anybody can compare right now. Well, so here's the fascinating thing. I don't know if you noticed this. This is the third season now that the first two vetoes were won by the same person. Last season was Michael. Two seasons ago was Derek X. Oh. It didn't happen three years ago, but four years ago it was Sam. So we could be witnessing some trend in these new seasons. I don't really have a theory yet of why yeah. that is. What could that trend be? That person. There, there just, just tends to be somebody early on that wins a lot of vetoes, specifically the first two in a row. But I, I think for like him this week, he was the only one. I'm trying to remember who else was in it. It was him, the two nominees, and then Matt, Blue, and America. So... Assuming that all f of the other five would have changed the nomination. So, like, I guess I understand, but, you know, I think in his mind, Riley going home was the most important thing. And who are the other comp people? I would say, I don't know. I think, like, sorry, I have to say his name, but, like, Luke has the, the physical, the, yeah, that, like, okay, maybe he would have done something. Uh, now you got Riley out, who was at least decent at them. Um, Kirsten, I would actually say, might be in the upper 50%. Because like, when you look at the people left in the house, you know... And again, yeah, this is all just assumptions. Yeah, Obviously, your physical build does not mean anything in Big Brother competitions. Like, we know that. But if you want to go for, like, who are the physical people, like, whether they're active or they're built like that, like, there aren't a ton of them this season. And so I think that's... That's true. I did not mention Jared. Okay, so I think he'd probably be, like, the number one left. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Professor's Alliance specifically, you know? Like, I don't see a lot of them lasting on the wall comp necessarily or no, stuff like, like that. I think it is worth noting. I think if this is Survivor, I think uh, Cameron goes. Right, yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And I think that's part of what makes it... Uh, and the pros and cons of live feeds because like this week was very fun watching the flip flop. But then I wonder too, like 
how often does that happen in Survivor? And we just don't necessarily see it, you know, because I think like Survivor, you're able to edit it in a way where here's the plan. Oh, here's the wrinkle. Let's flip it. And then last minute, wait, let's flip it this way. Could there be more flip-flops back and forth that we just don't see? We're in Big Brother now, you know, because I think, like, if you were to only watch the episode, they didn't even suggest flipping the vote until tonight's episode. It wasn't on the uh, Wednesday night's episode at all. And so I think if you're watching just the episode, it's like, oh, wow, they might flip the vote. It's like, oh, they didn't do it, you know? So there is that level that we are kind of robbed of when we watch the feeds and see the flip-flop and just get annoyed by it. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the people then that were kind of in on that because Sari was definitely one of the front runners of trying to flip it uh, along with Izzy. It really was kind of the two of them, at least from what I saw on the feeds. From that side of it. Yes, correct. Obviously, like Riley's whole gang, like they would have Corey done was it. Egg was pushing. Matt was pushing. They were all fighting. Yeah, and it honestly, it got to a point, and I, I do think it might have been Tuesday, I think. Um, where Corey was honestly getting a little annoyed because it kept flipping back and forth because he was in on those conversations. Honestly, a lot of it was Mimi. Like, she was the one, and we saw that into this episode, too, where, like, she was never really on board for it. And there was finally a point where she's like, look, I can't keep flip-flopping. So I think that was, there was, like, a couple people like that who really were just not liking the back and forth. Like, let's just stick with the plan. Uh, and so I do think that also kind of scared Serene Izzy a little bit, where I think they kind of realized, like, hey, no no one else is, like, doing these, like, mental exercises like we are, at least out loud, so maybe we shouldn't be so vocal, and let's just stick with a plan. The one thing that was not in any of the episodes this week, which I don't e- these are the things where it's like, I don't even know if I want to bring up, because, like, there's so many alliances that happen on the live feeds, but this one felt, felt real. Uh, but it was an alliance that was formed by Sari, Izzy, Jared, and Corey. Did you see that at all? No, I didn't. Okay, see, so, so and this, this is where, again, yeah, maybe, maybe we don't talk about it much because it might be nothing in a couple of days. But from what I saw and from people talking online, it seemed like this was going to be something moving forward. Uh, it's called The Crossroads. Corey came up with it because he described it as Sari and Izzy from that side of the house and then... Jared and Corey from the other side. Again, not knowing that Jared is. It could be nothing. It feels like something, and I think I kind of like it. And I think a lot of people like it because that is the, you know, like Jared and Corey were the two people preseason where people are like, hey, Survivor relations, we like them. And then obviously Sari and Izzy has just been ball of energy on the feeds. And she's the type of like, she games a mile a minute. And so for the people that are just watching on the internet and just wanting to, like, comment every 30 seconds on, like, gameplay, like, she is gold to everyone following. Can't keep up with her. So it's, quick. it's, yeah. So I think, like, that four is exciting for a lot of reasons. So it might be nothing, though. And I think since I didn't see it in the episode, I'm going to refrain from talking about it too much, even though I just spent, like, two minutes talking about it. So uh, we got to talk about Riley. Specifically, Heck of a <laughs> I, there's no way to do it. So, uh, we gotta do it. <laughs> gotta talk about our... <laughs> more specifically. We need to have a conversation about week one HOH. Yes, we do. Yep. Okay. Because we on this podcast, at least I, and I feel like you've co signed it, have talked about the benefits of week one HOH. 
the past three seasons, two seasons ago, Frenchy, week one, week two, he's out. Daniel, week one, it's probably like week four or five. I think it was right before jury, perhaps. Uh, he didn't make jury, though. And then this week, Riley, week one, HOH, week two, out. You're pulling out some notes. What do you, no, what do you got to say notes. about this? I just want to, I would love to see a list of just. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, before you look up the cheat codes, let me, let me just, because I, I did look it up. All right. You okay, can look so it in a second. It. Okay, I love that. Well, I don't have, I got it in my mind. All okay. Right. So Sorry. before those three seasons that I just mentioned, I, I only looked up until season 10. So like season 10 to season 22. Okay. How many H- first week HOHs do you think went home before jury? Um, let me think. I, I almost want to go through them. <laughs> you almost want to go through them. I know 14 for sure did. Pretty sure. I'm going to go with three. One. It was just Willie? Just Willie. Oh, Willie is the only week one HOH that goes home before jury. And, I mean, the way he goes home wasn't even, like normal uh, you know what i mean like it wasn't like he like he he probably wasn't gonna go far let's be honest but yeah, yeah, yeah. he that got expelled stuff. from headbutting but wait he joe russell's brother it's true and he russell that's yeah, true are you kidding me the fact that it's happened the past three seasons there's some new trend happening i don't know what it is and i have a theory yes, yes tell me your and theory. it just came to me okay i think up until 22 the the common wisdom was you don't want to win. Okay. I think after that point, I don't think we were we were the only ones that were saying no. You want to win. Sex we weren't. Above. Yeah, a lot of people say so that. So I think you see Daniel, you see Frenchie specifically, and so I think they, in the past, would have thrown that competition. But since they did put themselves in that, I'm a huge fan, and I'm ready to play, make these alliances. They go overboard, whereas see other people who aren't in that obviously there's people like tyler there's who are big big brother fans that don't do that i appreciate the pause to separate the big and big there was a comma there maybe okay so like when you are intentionally trying to win that almost increases your likelihood to overplay i i I would say there's something there to that because i think also if you look at the trend of the past three seasons they all went home for very like pretty much the same reason. It's all because they tried to build this big alliance too fast. Frenchie, I would argue with Ryan. Like she didn't try to do it too fast. No, I think the reason she got sent home is literally just in the fact that that word had gotten back. Yeah, I, I guess I would define too fast as in week one, which is also maybe the bigger trend, where I think the past couple seasons. Like we we've seen uh, we saw so many seasons in a row where it was like you need this big alliance and just steamroll to the end, but I think the bigger trend has been it's always the second big alliance that forms in this, yeah. and I think that's what is to be like looked at more so. So it's like week one if you're making a big alliance, you should just assume at this point it's gonna fail, and you should try to get in that leftovers in that um what are they calling it this year? Not professors. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like it's it it has to be the second round of the scraps, you know? Yeah. Maybe the key to that is if you're going to be the week one HOH, you almost need to let the alliance come to you. Because I think if you look at the people 
that were week one HOHs that did well. I'm thinking of um, who was I just? I mean, Tyler's a decent example, you know, like he wasn't the mastermind behind level six necessarily, but like kind of let them come to him. Uh, same thing happened to Christy, uh, season twenty one. Um, I had another really good, oh McCray season fifteen. Yeah, That's a great McCray example. Wasn't no, he was just kind of there, okay. and people are just coming, you know, to him. And I think the opposite has happened with these past couple seasons where, you know, again, I'm not saying Riley was, like, the head of it as Daniel or Frenchie was, but I think, like, Riley definitely, that was her plan. She's like, I want to be weak. Maybe she didn't want she, uh, Since I'm week one HOH, I want an A-person alliance. Like, that is something she communicated. That's, like, the danger of, like, almost need to let it happen naturally or just wait until round two. I want people I trust. You want to have the numbers, but like, I, I just trying to reach a certain number. And I think in this scenario is probably Jim, and she couldn't have known that, but yeah. never quite know. So you gotta, you gotta just go with the people who you have a good. Well, I'm glad we narrowed that down. So we're in agreement then. Week one, Hoh, kind of bad now. <laughs> is that the? <laughs> no, because I think it's so dependent on who it is. Well, obviously, but like three seat. I'm just saying, the fact that we had over 12 seasons of, like, consistency uh, outside of Willie, and then just back to back to back, just breaking the rule, it's absurd. And I want someone smarter than me to crunch the numbers and tell me why that's happening along with the same person winning the first two games. What is the correlation there, and what is these? What are these modern seasons doing to We're seeing ask for a, that? a trend, and there has to be a reason. There, has, there is always correlation. <laughs> Between two rising trends, that is a fact. Do I have a website to show you? I remember a website that's like the sale of margarine. It correlates with the amount of people who buy by ridiculous correlations. Anyways, fun website. Ridiculous about that. Okay, I'm pulling up my notes here. Let's see what we gotta talk about. I already talked about Heisen for now. Uh, can we talk about the Nether region for a bit? Uh, Do you want to? to? (laughs) We should talk about. I would say skip it, other than the fact that there are seemingly powers that come with it. So we saw that because Jared came in second place, he went to the nether region in HOH competition, which is... Also, uh, the HOH competition was filmed offset. Which I kind of liked. Do you know the reason for that? No. Because of the actors and writers strike, because CBS has all these lots now they're not using. So it's like, oh, might as well. This people pulled it up on maps because I mean, like the the set. I forget what show it's on, but it's a recognizable show. Like it's like, oh yeah, that's the front. That's you know. this person's house. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, sure yeah. enough, like people pulled up on Google Maps, it's two blocks away from the the Big Brother lot. So like they're taking them off set to use the CBS lot that is not in use right now because nothing's being filmed. Kind of funny. <laughs> But uh, because Jerry came in second, he goes to the nether region, which allows him to, like, talk to them on a screen. Uh, the nether region still, like, they're not going to show us what it is. I thought they might, but, like, it's just, it's nothing. It literally no, is nothing. Out by those houses that I guess. And then the, the nether gorgon? I like that. That was kind of <laughs> clever. I'm, I'm in on the nether. I just, I didn't realize that this was, like, a Stranger Things play until now. I don't think it was. The like, Demogorgon? What's the common thing? Demogorgon. So, okay, let's do Nethergorgon. So that's the old... So, so they're, they're just doing it because it... Oh, was there anything else? They weren't wearing... 
No, but I mean the nether region could be, like what's the difference between that and the upside down? Like it's Okay, yes, but <laughs> Okay, okay. So, so it was Jared, the nether side down. Jerry goes to the nether region. When he comes back, he has to send someone else. Whoever he sends is safe for that week. That's a plot twist. He decides to send Jag. Jag then comes back, has to send somebody else, and whoever he sends can't play in the veto competition. He sends Bowie. Um, it's also important to note that like the span that all this is happening is so short. Like the HOH competition takes place Thursday night, the veto takes place Saturday. So Jared was maybe gone overnight. Jag was maybe gone a couple hours before he came back. So like, they're they're not even gone for long. It's just like transferring this power to this power. It has the potential to be interesting, but it's kind of boring because nobody wants to step on toes. I, the the weird thing about both of the send someone to the nether region. Jared was put in this position where Heisman's like, "Hey, save any one of like these people. Like, just don't save. You know, blah 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 blah." Uh, so Jared's like, okay, I'm not going to save Riley, make him happy, I'm going to save Jack instead. Isom noticed that. He was like, wait, what are you doing? Like, that's not what I wanted you to do. And the same thing to Jack, Heisom's like, hey, you should get Blue to not play in the veto. And then Jack is like, oh, I got this smart plan that I'm going to play the middle and, you know, not let this person play. And that's not what Heisom wanted. That's not what Riley wanted. Literally not appeasing anyone. No, and I think that's, that's a, a great example in lessons. Like, if you try to do that, especially in this game, like, I'm not going to pick a side. Like, people pick up on that, and everyone noticed. It was so obvious. And so, if nothing else, I'm excited that the Nether region is at least going to force people to have to make decisions like that publicly every single week. Like, show your cards somewhat. Yeah, I... Uh, sorry, this goes back to Heisen a little outrageous of him to be like i am making this decision like you don't get to make that decision you get most of the other decisions you don't get that one All i right. just wanted them to vote against him they would do it. i want them to do that once and i think that was like the most exciting part is that we potentially could have seen that this week and that was also fascinating i don't know how much you keep up with like the online big brother community uh i'm like very on it because i I'll stay at home with a kid, and so very much on Twitter in the mornings, <laughs> keeping up on what happened in the feeds lab the night before. <laughs> also, shout out to the uh, the Big Brother TikTok world. Follow us on TikTok, by the way. But the Big Brother TikTok's going off. Yeah. I yeah. yeah, if you, I'll give you the I'll login to our, our account. It's great. Well, I just log into our podcast account, and oh, just yeah. now our whole feed is just Big Brother content, and it's it's like it's a different. I don't know. Like I was keeping up with. I'm also in, like, Big Brother Facebook groups, and so, like, every site is so different in the way they react to things, and, like, who they like, who they're rooting for, so now I got a fourth one on top of Reddit. Yep. Like, it's it's fantastic. But anyways, it was so interesting seeing, like, the swing of emotions, because at first, I think people were kind of excited for Heisem, just because, like, people are naturally rooting for Cerise's side. Um, it was like, yay, no more big alliance that, you know, started week one, like, we like Cerise. But then Heisem started talking, and was like, oh, man, we don't like him. He's a bully. And they were rooting for this vote to go through to blindside the HOH, because that's something I think a lot of people have wanted for a long time, is like, yes, Absolutely. once veto happens, the HOH is not in charge anymore. No say, 
no power. He's actually the weakest one there outside of the two people on the block. And so people wanted that. But then I think when people started to put two and two together, they're like, hey, this isn't the best for Suri's game. Then they're like, wait, Suri's making a bad move. And so it was like the back and forth of it all of like, it was so confusing to see like, what do people want right now? And I still don't know. I think like for team good live feeds would have been great to have him play. I mean, he's not going to win this game. I don't. Will he make jury? Which makes me think, America being like, hey, he came to me. I called it last week. I still, I, mean, I still like America a lot. So it was a perfect storm to try to hurt him, but people are scared. That's, that's the biggest issue. You don't want to be the one to take that shot. Yeah, it's true. And I think they mentioned this, but like a backdoor is the correct move. Because you don't want to get him mad before he has to play a veto. So if there's a position where, you know, I think the best way would be for someone from his alliance so that he's feeling all safe when he's going into the veto. Maybe he doesn't play in it. Maybe he doesn't try so hard to minimize his target and then you go for him. That's got to be the move. But I mean, like, he's got to be the number one target in the house right now, right? Like, who else? who else are people targeting? It feels like everyone is somewhat united against him. Even though they're aware of the two alliances. Like, people are fully aware, hey, these are the two sides of the house. Oh, but we all agree that he's the worst. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's crazy that the, it's not the person who played Survivor for. <laughs> is that biggest. Yeah. I understand is not a big comp piece. I'm aware. But still, you gotta be worried about it. Like, no one's even talked about her. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of people talked about. But, like, especially, her, like... I don't think she's been mentioned at all of like, hey, what if we do this? To be fair, nobody's been in power to. Yeah, you're right. Isom wouldn't target her. Last week, Riley got to take down, didn't get. So she hasn't really been under fire. Yeah. Or in any. Which is, I think, why she. She was the one driving the ship. I think if it flipped, she would have been the one that was blamed. Isom would have. So I think ultimately it was good for her. And there was an extra layer to it that she did too. I don't know if it was, I want to say it might have been maybe a little earlier, where she did have a conversation with Heisem, letting him know that there was potentially going to be a flip, and that it was shut down. And from what I can tell, she was the first one to deliver that news to him. Great move, because... A win. Yeah, you know, she at least has that, so she's she's in a good position. Yeah. She's in a real good position. I've got one other thing. I do want to talk about the veto, and because it's I yeah I wanted to talk about that too. I okay, okay well, let's talk about Matt, Matt now then. Yeah, let's do it in that listing, and then we'll run through any house guests we didn't talk about. So is he? I guess I don't know. Is he entirely deaf or is part of here? Not that it ch- it changes much. But... He is legally deaf, but that means a lot of things. And so from what I can tell, he can still hear certain frequencies. So it's okay. not like he can't hear anything at all. Like yes, he relies mostly on reading lips. Uh, so what I know about this is that on Saturday when they have the video competition, the feeds were off for 15 hours, which is an absurd amount of time. That never happened. So when this was happening, people were making jokes about the pressure cooker. Is this a pressure cooker competition? And then when the feeds came back on, we saw Heisem won. They were talking about everyone's times. So then everyone's like, oh, it was a timed competition. It must have gone really long because, again, that doesn't happen for a veto competition. <laughs> then it started to come out on the feeds that it was a lot because of Matt. 
because he struggled. They were trying to help him. But any time that he started to talk about the competition, the feeds were cut. So oh. the feeds, we know very little about what happened. They're really trying to hide. They were really trying to hide what happened. Then, Wednesday afternoon, hours before the, com- the episode aired with the competition, there was an article that came out interviewing a Big Brother producer about how much they were doing to accommodate Matt on his Big Brother. I don't know if you read the article at all. No, I, I saw that it was there, but I didn't read it. Yeah, yeah so, so it, I mean, that was essentially it. It was... Like patting themselves on the back for how much they've been... Yes, and all the... Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Facebook community is all for the article. Like, they, they, they bought, bought it. it. Like, somebody, somebody, somebody in one of the groups wrote, like... Like, oh, it's not fair that, you know, they made Matt do this here, and and then someone just linked the article, like, no, you're wrong, look, at Big Brother's been helping him, and so, like, the article was clearly released that day to be like, how Big Brother helped accommodate uh, their first deaf contestant. Then when we saw the episode, for the first time that I can remember, they did not show everyone's times, they only showed the top three times. And that's the, okay, so that, that wraps it all up, is that the times were insanely fast. Tyson won with like 140 or something, a minute, 40 seconds. Uh, the other people had like two minutes. How long was that in there? Why did, did it they take just keep... 15 hours? Maybe they just kept it off. Yeah, I mean, something happened in those 15 hours that like, the feed, again, the feed, the... That felt real conspiracy. Did anybody else get that? Something happened in that 15 hours. I'm just saying, they cut feeds when a house guest gets expelled for a racial slur. That's true. And now they're doing it for a competition that, yeah. like, really did not take a full 15 hours to do. It's it's so weird, and it's so just like, what are we doing? Because Matt has expressed time and time again on the feeds how hard it is for him, how he's struggling in the competitions, but anytime he starts to say that, the feeds cut. And it's like, why are we trying to, like, I don't know, like... I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is because it's like, do you just not have any deaf people on the show? Is that like that's that's, that's a, a bad solution? Something to like think about though, because so much of Big Brother is you don't see Big Brother. Big Brother's always watching. Producers will talk to you. How do you do this? Like, how do you have these challenges? How do you do these competitions? Unless they have somebody in the house that can translate. I don't know. There's there's just not a good way to do it. No, and it, it's especially weird because I think the. The more conspiracy decision they could have made is like if they knew this veto competition was coming up, they could rig it so his name a hat. Nobody would have questioned. No, people would have been like, "Oh, thank God he didn't get picked for this veto competition." Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I guess they were honest in that way. You know, it just seems like they're dishonest in the way that it, he's struggling with it. I mean, the fact that they were able to accommodate Christmas, help her win a running competition for HOH when couldn't use a leg. Or they could do something. Here. I don't think production did that. Like that was the players that did that. No, but <laughs> the fact that like I don't know. I know they, what you're saying. They, they gave, gave her a way to compete in everything. <laughs> so like just just don't do this competition based on audio. Just don't do it. Like just don't. You knew that he was gonna be a contestant for a long time. Could have done different competitions. Really, really could have. They probably planned it and were just like, well, I hope they don't pull Matt. Like you said, just don't put his name. They had to have the scramble verse, though. Then Riley would have gotten house guest. Yeah, which she has every right to do because he's a player. And 
she's expecting him to be able to compete. It's a fair expectation, you know? Whatever. Okay, so that's Matt. That's Matt. I like Matt. Matt seems like such a great man. I'm worried about oh, Matt, but yeah. <laughs> uh, who else did we not talk about? Uh, we talked about Suri enough. I think we talked about Hysome. Uh, Miss Felicia, I don't have a lot on other than I just still like her. Yeah, she's st- she seems like a lot of fun. A little overconfident. She's overconfident, but not in a way that I think any other house guest is going to be bothered by. Yeah, that's true. America, we touched briefly on. I still like... I've been warming up to Blue as well. That's honestly who's on my mind. Yeah, he's wild. I just don't hate him. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at. Like, I just don't dislike it. Similar to America, I think she has the game smarts that are necessary, and she's not overly involved in, I think, a lot of this, like, central drama, which to me screams, like, second-round alliance. You know, like, if she makes it another week or two, which there's no reason for me to believe that she's going to be a target next week, uh, you know, like, why why can't she form something? Some... He did, but he's not in control. You know, so I think, I yeah, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> excluding him. From... Assuming that he, I he'll convince. Yeah. Uh, you still like Jag? Yep. I like Jag, I don't got much on Jag. Like like we said, he definitely. When it's just so obvious, trying to pick a side. If he picked Riley, it would have been fun. Or, that's it. No, he wouldn't. He couldn't have picked her. It would have been picking. Riley wanted him to pick red. red. Honestly, if he did that, nobody could be mad about it. No, and Heisem would. Nobody, nobody would have been mad about that. Heisem wouldn't have any had any power to do. So like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm very curious where like him and I'm especially Cameron. Let's talk about Cameron because I don't know like what does he do because I think like. I don't feel like they're overly connected to, let's say, like, Blue and Matt. Like, it felt like Riley was the glue for a lot of those people. Because it felt like like Riley might have been Jack's number one. Riley might have been Matt's number one. And so now that Riley's gone, like, do they connect? I don't know. Yeah, I think there was a connection there. I think Cameron, yeah, his only connection was Riley. I think he honestly wanted to jump ship. Link up with Red. Yeah, link up with Red a little bit. Which I'll just say, I got nothing to say about Red. Non-existent this week. No issue with him. Not involved in the edit at all. Any other thoughts on Jared? I like Jared. I genuinely like Jared. Nervous that it's going to win. And then it's going to be discredited. That's fair. Uh, Do I think he's going to win? Not necessarily. I was going to say, I'm not concerned about him winning at all. No? <laughs> I, I have a lot of doubts. I don't know. I just have not seen him do anything that shows me he carries the family smart gameplay. And maybe maybe I have too high expectations on him. That's actually probably what's happening here. Uh, but there are a lot of times where I've thought to myself, like, if Suri wasn't here, would he be in this position at all like has he done anything to further his position outside of her i just don't know uh cory i've warmed up on him in the sense of i feel like he's in a better position i liked him initially like last week i was like i like cory very worried about cory because it didn't feel like he was in but now it feels like he is slowly establishing himself within alliances 
establishing all these relationships, and I think he's just on a good trajectory, like, forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned the alliance that seems like part of now. It's great. Talking game, I think well when he needs to, so I have high hopes for him. Left Mimi. And she's another one of these people, like, it's week two, so we haven't really seen enough, but, like, I think there's something there, and I think by week three or four, we'll have a much better idea of, like, does she have what it takes? going with this could she lay low not be a target um that could be really good uh i just had someone else to talk about left there was somebody though oh there's somebody izzy <laughs> i mean we did talk about her a little bit yeah yeah no i mean i, I like her beads gold right there like it's great <laughs> the clip that they showed in the show tonight like leaning over right in Felicia's yeah and like wide eyes and like staring at like this like so animated she is the loudest whisper I've ever heard and it is so I can't get enough of it it's insane just like go on the literally open up the feeds any time of day and she's doing that she's in someone's face whispering so loud it is so funny I want her to be I want her to be the oh my goodness be just, so much I mean, her as HOH in general would just be so chaotic. That everyone? Bowie? <laughs> Nothing to say. What did she say to Julie in her vote? Uh, it was something just overly Australian. I don't know. You made a comment about it. And I... Oh, it was, it was good, good day. day. Oh. She goes, good day, Julie. <laughs> I was like, okay. Remember me? I'm Australian. She is, she is this year's Jasmine. Just trying to over... Her accent, like, anytime she's in the DR, it just comes out. Yeah, how on command, when it yeah. came to the diary room, there was, like, something that she traveled through. You look cuter than a pecan pie on the 4th of July. <laughs> nobody nobody talks like that. Stop doing it. But no one thinks it's cool. I don't know. Maybe Bowie says good day just naturally. But it just, it's like, what are the stereotypes that an Australian person has? Can I just do those again and again? America's going to love it. Like, eh, sure. I don't know. What would you like if you were on a foreign season of Survivor, like an international? Would there be like an American phrase like that that you would try to, you know, like, how would you do that? Like, oh, I'm going to be so overly American in the diary room. I would always say, God bless the USA. <laughs> That's true. Fuck America. Guns. We love guns. <laughs> Just every time, like, Tony, what's your vote? I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> All right, is that everyone we talked about? No, we got them all. All right, is that all we got? Anything else? I think that's it. We did it. We did it. The camera's still rolling, so we did it. That's never happened. All right, for more episodes, knockingmailpersonal.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere listen to podcasts, X. Twitter, X. Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, at N-G-A-P pod. At NJP Pod. Follow us on TikTok. It's yeah. a it's a good time over there. And roasted. And roasted. Blowing up. All right. I'm Nathan. This is Tony. We'll see you next. Hey. Hey. Love one another. <laughs>